Grace secures what striving cannot. In this hustling image forward, age of opportunity, we feel more anxious than ever. Despite all the affirming memes and self-reflections that dominate social media feeds, approval and worth often seem assigned to what we do rather than who we are. And we end up constantly feeling like we're behind, lacking and failing at home, at work, with friends, with God. Ruth Joe Simons, our guest today. Oh, so excited for you, Heartlifters. This is going to be such a powerful, moving conversation to help you really create this unhurried holiday that I know your heart is hungering for. Ruth knows something about feeling measured by achievement, performance, and the approval of others. As a Taiwanese immigrant growing up between two cultures, she was always on a mission to prove her worth. Oh, I know you can relate to this. Until she came to truly understand the one thing that changes everything, the extravagant, undeserved gift of grace from a merciful God. In this beautiful book, When Strivings Cease, Ruth guides you on a journey to find freedom from this never-ending quest for self-improvement. And she is going to talk to us today about how we can confront the ways we look to superficial means of acceptance and belonging. Whew, I couldn't wait. This, this is hits so close to where I just need her message so bad in my own life. She's going to help us find relief in realizing self-help isn't the answer because you can't be so amazing that you won't need grace. <laughs> I love that. And that we need to stop seeing God as someone to perform for and start finding delight in responding to his welcome and let go of trying to rely on our own strength, our own abilities, and our own savvy by truly understanding the freedom that Jesus purchased for us. Okay, enough, enough. Let's welcome Ruth. Sometimes the story we tell ourselves is not really true. Sometimes the story others tell about us is not really true. Here on today's Heart Lift with Janelle, we are going to learn how to rewrite our story. So pick up your favorite pen and journal, grab a cup of something delicious, and start your heartlifting journey towards living a meaningful life. So welcome, Ruth. So happy to have you with today's Heartlift. Oh, I'm so glad to be here. You are the Heartlifter of all Heartlifters. So oh, when, so when you said yes to be here, oh, it's the truth. It is the absolute truth. You just heartlift me every time I look at anything that you you offer to us through your painting, through your um, art, and through your writing. And I am just really, we're all very honored to have you here as our fellow heartlifter. Oh, it means so much to me. Thank you so much. So when I saw the name of your newest book coming out the day after my birthday, I said, this is my birthday present this year. Woo! Uh, <laughs> Thank you for my birthday for present. For October birthdays. My birthday is tomorrow. No. Actually. So yeah, we're about a week away. So yes. Happy birthday, you you yes, special you thing. Too. I love it. So you're my gift and my new bike. I got oh, a new bike I that it. I am just soaring I on. I love it. And enjoying so much. I just love to feel the wind in my face. 
So happy birthday, early. You too. Uh, and your book does come out, as I said, October 12th. I've already pre-ordered. I pre-ordered it in the hard copy and in Kindle. So I want every one of you heartlifters out there to treat yourself, even if it's not your birthday month. And when I saw the name of your new book, Ruth, that's really what arrested me. And I'm going to do my darndest not to weep with you here today, because I think striving has been part of my life since the day I may have come into the world. And so the title of the full title of your book is, uh, well, let's see, I don't have the full title, right? Oh, yes, yes, I do. Um, When Strivings Cease. Replacing the gospel of self-improvement with the gospel of life-transforming grace. We just chatted for a quick moment that I would be considered in the Christian realm of publishing a self-help or a prescriptive writer, an author, as they say. And so when I saw that replacing the gospel of self-improvement, I was in. I was like, I got to hear it because I don't like that I'm called self-help. Um uh, prescriptives a little better, mm-hmm. uh, nonfiction, of course, but tell me, Ruth, where, <laughs> where did this birth inside of you, this, yeah. this strong reaction or this strong need to replace the gospel of self-improvement with the gospel? Well, I think we're alike in that ever since I can remember, I've been battling, striving in my own strength. You know, if you look up the word striving in the dictionary, it's going to be about effort. It's going to be working hard. And that's not a bad thing. Like we, we're not, we're not saying that you shouldn't work hard at something or aim at something or have goals. When I talk about striving, I'm talking about striving in your own strength. And that really see if, you know, your, our listeners here would resonate with this, but it's the really the action of being anxious and toiling and manipulating and trying to fix our circumstances, fix ourselves, fix our lives so that we can gain or acquire something that we don't quite trust God for. That's how I like to define it and think about it. Because when I say the word strive, when I say, gosh, I've been a recovering striver my whole life, what I'm really talking about is I've been walking away day by day, walking away from the action of constantly trying to fix myself so -hmm. that I could have love, affirmation, approval, belonging, comfort, security, Mm -hmm. acceptance, favor. I could go on and on. And if that list resonates with any of you as you're listening uh, we're, we're in, we're in together. Okay. I mean, we are all wired to want to have a place of belonging. We all want to know that we are loved and known and we were here for a purpose on purpose, right? We, yes. we want to know that there's a place for us and that we don't have to be fearful, constantly wondering, are we accepted? Are we loved? And so when you really think about why we strive, it might look like hard work. It might look like a lot of hustle. It might look like achieving goals. It might look, 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 look like all these other things. But if we get to the heart of it, and, I, and I'm and i just somebody who really likes to peel back the layers and I like to get to Please the heart do. of it. And I like to do it with myself first. But you know, <laughs> when we peel back the layers, I have to say, it's not just about being a good steward of my gifts. It's that I'm anxious or I'm a perfectionist or I'm hard to please, or I'm constantly trying harder, or I'm constantly trying to make myself better because I'm fearful that I'm going to miss out on those things that I desire so greatly, Mm -hmm. the love, the approval, the affirmation, the worth. I'm so afraid I'm going to miss out on that if I don't acquire 
these goals or these things that I'm trying to achieve. And so my story started a yeah. long time back. Um, I clearly um, have, I've lived between two worlds. I'm a Taiwanese born Asian American mm-hmm. woman who emigrated when I was my, you know, four years old and wow. immediately experienced that tension of, do I belong? How am I going to be accepted? Right. Everything from the way I dressed to the way I spoke, the language I spoke to how I pronounce words, to what I look like, to what I brought for lunch, which I detailed in the book as well. <laughs> yes. um, you know, spoiler alert, I brought fried rice <laughs> in a yogurt container <laughs> cup and nobody liked that. Nobody liked that. All the kids were like, it's rainbow white bread with bologna. That's what that's makes it. Cool. That's Maybe a piece of that's cheese. It. That's it. Yes. And I, American cheese, right? It American cheese. Really Yellow rubbery, American cheese. The rubbery fake stuff. That's what you really <laughs> had to put in there. And um, and so at a very young age, I knew what it felt like to try to measure up mm. with outward things, like things that could say, I'm in, I'm in, or I'll yeah. be accepted now. And really my Asian side of my upbringing also had versions of what success meant, what honor meant, what mm-hmm. ac- succeeding academically, what meant. There was an air of performance all around. Mm-hmm. Everywhere I turned, there was a sense of you are what you do. Oh, so good. So but let's be honest. Um, <laughs> you don't have to be, you're not from an Asian American background and you know exactly what I'm talking about, <laughs> right? Oh, yes. You are what you do. You are how you measure up and optimize. And this is what the world says optimize yourself, make yourself the most amazing version of yourself. And you might get what you're after, whatever that is. And let's be honest, sometimes for some of us in maybe the publishing industry or online space, maybe that means followers. Maybe that means getting a lot of downloads on your podcast. Maybe that means selling your books, but for everyone else who's listening and not in publishing and not maybe a communicator or content creator online, you might be striving at home, wanting your house to look a certain way, oh, yeah. wanting your neighbors to feel something specific about you, wanting your kids to look a certain way so that they don't embarrass you, mm-hmm. striving to try to achieve for yourself something that would say, look at me, I measure up, I am what I do, I am how my house looks, I am how my kids behave. Yes. None of us walk around talking like this, right? I mean, we sound like <laughs> we wackos, right? We sound crazy. So if anything, when striving cease, my new book really is an opportunity to just get real honest about things that none of us want to talk about and be real honest about the fact that women have more opportunities than we've ever had before to be content creators, to be creatives, to develop things, To but we're more anxious than ever. We are and for sure. As believing women, I ask myself, is it because we've missed what God's given us as the primary and ultimate form of transformation. And we keep turning to the bestseller books, book aisles Mm -hmm. where the tools offered us may be helpful tools, but don't ultimately point us to Christ. I think the difference between self-help that's useful and self-help that's damning is Mm -hmm. probably what you're talking about where you say, Hey, I don't love my books being labeled a certain way. If it points to Jesus, mm-hmm. then it's really not self-help. You're not helping yourself be a better version of yourself by your own strength. You're looking to Jesus, mm-hmm. but true self-help, the kind that I think totally, totally mm-hmm. deceives us mm-hmm. is the kind of tool that points you back to you're your own savior. You have to save yourself. You have to better yourself. You Mm -hmm. are two steps away from being amazing. And if you're amazing, everybody will love you. That's that's 
what I'm fighting and warring against. Because as believing women, we have something so much better than those tools. And I want everyone to find freedom in that. And I want to help you (laughs) to herald your message alongside of mine. You know, I call the space that I'm in the breathing room. You know, I see clients every day. I've had three already today and one on Zoom, you know, that sit here. And and usually either the first words are, I'm done. I've had enough. Or I need to fix this. Mm -hmm. Or when we take a few breaths, it's what's wrong with me. Sure. Yeah. I just had that in a weeping, a weeping zoom. I called it with a a beautiful woman today. Who's like, what is wrong with me? Mm. You know, and it's like such a bewildering question, but would it be safe to say, and would it be fair to say that underneath all of that striving? And I think you nail it when you talk about the performative part, Mm -hmm. you know, it is, I, I know for myself, I grew up in dance and competitive twirling (laughs) and pageants. And I call it my staged self. You know, I am not an Asian American. I didn't grow up with the same set of, you know, um, expectations, but I think it's universal that we as women, particularly, and you write that, especially in the pandemic, we had to become, you know, pressured to be teachers and home, everything, Mm -hmm. you know, just pressure, pressure, pressure. To me, when I read uh, your notes from this book and your work from when striving cease striving to me in the unhealthy way is absolutely equated with performance. Mm-hmm. And, and in my world of counseling and therapy and coaching or whatever, we would call the things we strive after in that way, disordered attachments. Mm-hmm. So if I'm looking to anything in my life, mm-hmm for that sense of belonging that you are so wisely talking to us about. If I'm looking to anything for that, that's a disordered attachment because Mm -hmm. I don't have what we call secure attachment, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And so when I discovered that, it was like, why did I not know or understand Mm -hmm. that I am looking, I'm striving and performing and killing myself literally. Yeah. For what? Why? What? And we keep thinking that it will satisfy because mm-hmm. if it didn't work at some level, if, I mean, let's be honest, if I stay up real late and I don't rest and I empty my entire inbox of all my emails and I spend more time on social media and do all the things that I'm supposed to do to beat the algorithms, at some point, it's going to work. At some level, it's going to be what's going to work. So let's be honest. Mm-hmm. Hustle does get you somewhere. Hustle does get time. you somewhere. It yes. gets you somewhere for a time. For and so time. I don't want to, I don't want to speak like somebody who's like, oh, you know, just lay back and <laughs> eat your grapes and chill out because you know what? You're so productive when you do nothing. Let's be honest. That's I mean, right. you got to get up and you feed your kids and you do the dishes and you do the laundry and somebody's got to go take out the trash. So like it, yeah. it is that, but it, mm-hmm. it, it, it's effective for a time. But I'm talking about the lasting change that keeps yeah. you running the race the whole distance. Because yes. what we're doing is we're burning out, yes. we're exhausted, mm-hmm. and we're deflated and discouraged because along the lines of what you're talking about, aren't there only two responses? There's just two mm-hmm. responses to the attitude of hustle, 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 strive, strive, strive. The only two th- ways you can go is you could either stay on the hamster wheel and never get off because around every corner, there's something else you can do, right? Oh, yeah. 
if the, the question is, what's wrong with me? And your answer is these five things. Well, then the next time what's wrong with me comes up, it's going to be five more things that you got to fix, right? Oh, yeah. You either keep on going on the hamster, the never ending hamster wheel of self improvement, mm-hmm. or you get off entirely and you give up on everything. You don't want a relationship with God. You don't want to try anymore. You don't care if you haven't showered in 20 days, right? And, and so I do think that. I wrote this in the pandemic, not expecting to write this in the pandemic. Oh, yes. But now that I'm thinking about it from a distance, I go, well, that's kind of what happened, right? There's either there's two responses to everything, all our disordered attachments being mm-hmm. all, you know, there's 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 something that came out of this where if we didn't have a true source and if we can't really anchor mm-hmm. ourselves to the true source of hope and fulfillment, we will keep striving constantly. Or we deal with it with such depression that we're seeing now where the anxiety and the disappointment and the sadness Mm -hmm. and the confusion confusion that Mm -hmm. all kicks in and you basically don't want to try it. You don't want to do it anymore. And so what's it all for anyway? Like at the end of the day, at the end of the hamster wheel, it's like, what the heck is. Yeah, because it didn't pay off and it didn't ultimately get you where you want to go. Because it ultimately doesn't give us that sense of belonging that you're talking about or yeah, that sense of never meant to. Yes. Yes. So Ruth, why now though? I mean, you know, you, you image to all of us, right? You have five children. Am I correct? Six. Oh, that's six right. You have six. One of them just, yes. one of them just yes. left. Oh, right. So that's yes. why it's one of them is overseas. Yes. One of them's overseas. And I love that you call them man cups. I can't even handle it. You have <laughs> six boys. I'm so, so jealous. I really am. I love my girls, but I just think I can't even imagine having all those oh, boys. So crazy. Just, I can't even imagine. And you call them man cubs, which just makes me smile so big. I call mine birds, you know, so Aww. I had one bird and then the twin birds flew away, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, in all of that, why now? Like why Ruth, you know, why the awakening about striving for you personally? I'm so interested yeah. you know, because we do know that in social media, you image so beautifully. I mean, that's why I just want to take a drink of your Instagram every day, right? That's what it was created for, for us to have that sense of beauty and awe and wonder. And you bring it to us so beautifully. And I know that's your true essence. I know that it is. But at what point did you go, man, I need, I got to stop striving. Like, was there an aha? Was there a two by four? Yeah. <laughs> Where was your yeah. first, if you would, if you're willing to share? Sure. Of course. I mean, the, this book really is the backstory to why grace is the cornerstone of my mm. ministry and my life. I I'm the founder of gracelaced.com. Yes. And Alice. while people love that, I turn my art into lifestyle products. While I love that I'm an aesthetic person, I've written devotionals with a lot oh. of beautiful art in it. Oh. I'm grateful that I can minister that way. But here's the thing that that content and that heartbeat and that commitment to the grace of God isn't because it's just a pretty word that fits on a t-shirt or a mug. It's because I genuinely think that it saved my life, that God's grace Mm. saved me from Mm. self-destruction. And so ultimately this is finally, you know, I'm turning 46 tomorrow and it's 46 years in the making. Um, It's hard to tell a personal story. It's hard to tell a story that's still messy, that incorporates a lot of family baggage and a lot of family personal issues. But while it didn't happen in one 
quick, you know, moment. It, it wasn't some big miraculous moment. It did happen somewhere around college time when I was finally experiencing the kind of discipleship where I wasn't just saying Jesus is enough to save. I was going, why am I, I, I I've received Christ, but yeah. I was very confused about why I had so much pressure about looking right, doing right, choosing the right major. Um, do I turn right or left and having so much angst as many college students do, right? In yeah. general, that is a time in your life when you're kind of asking oh, yeah. all the big questions and you're thinking all the big thoughts. And and I detailed this in one of the chapters, but I specifically remember a time when I was sitting at a collegiate ministry and, um, you know, in college, you show up for a free meal and some yes. hangout time. And the collegiate minister was preaching through and teaching through on our Wednesday lunches through the Sermon on the Mount. And he was in Matthew oh. 5. And it was fairly familiar. I mean, I mean, I'd been in Sunday school. I'd gone to VBS. Um, by that point, I had been around the block a few times through like stories of that Jesus told. Right. So you were raised in the, in the... well, I, I hadn't fully, I mean, my okay. family really didn't come to faith until I was in eighth grade, but by that time it had been okay. several years and I'd mm-hmm. been under certain teaching. I, I knew what was going on in certain amount, but that particular day when I heard it, and when I, it really clicked for me because it was explained to me, which just is a good reminder that just because you've been in the church for a long mm-hmm. time doesn't mean you actually understand grace. Okay. Mm-hmm. So just a word to anyone who's listening, <laughs> don't assume that just because you've been, you've been going to the same church your whole life, that you are actually resting in the grace of God. I would just challenge that notion. If you don't feel freedom in knowing yes. the grace of God, you may not understand how amazing it really is. If you're singing amazing grace, and you can't quite tell why it's so amazing. Or like me, you spent a lot of time trying to be amazing yourself so that you wouldn't have to have amazing grace. Then I would encourage you to get a taste of why it's so amazing. Hopefully through my book, but also just through yes. the word of God, come and experience it. But that day when the collegiate minister was teaching, he basically was teaching what, what Jesus was saying to the Pharisees. If you you know, you might be holding, you might be doing a great job holding to the letter of the law and you're not murdering anyone. But if you hate somebody, you're basically murdering them in your heart. And you might be like, I'm not an adulterer and you're doing all the right things and you're being real religious. But if you even look at somebody with lust, you are, you're an adulterer already. Oh my goodness. That day I just sat back and I was like, for the first time, it just really clicked for me. It clicked that like, Mm. I am like this religious efforts person. I am like trying to, you know, Mm -hmm. in my A plus, A plus, A plus. Yes. Even in my Christian walk, right? Yeah. I'm going to read my Bible for exactly 30 Mm -hmm. minutes and then I'm going to do this. And then, oh my goodness, did I go to Sunday school with all the things that I'm supposed to do and my teaching here, my leading here. And I was so concerned with looking the part and doing the part and making God proud of me. Yes. That I had missed the part where he's after my heart yes. and that he actually was like, none of those things that you're doing actually can save you. So in some ways we, we, we criticize and we um, speak badly about the Pharisees, rightly so at some level, yes. but some of them really thought that they were just being very religious. They thought they were doing yes. a good job. They thought they were mm-hmm. pleasing God. They did. Jesus was telling them, it wasn't even like, Hey, stop doing disciplined things. He was just like, well, if you reject me as the savior and you're trying to save yourself through religious efforts, you're never going to get anywhere. So that's what he was fighting against. He was saying, um, you're never going to measure up. Never. We will never never measure up. up. Mm -mm. And I gotta just tell you, you know this, but nobody likes to hear that. 
Our generation does not want to hear the words, you'll never measure up. In fact, there are many, many, many books and podcasts and everything on the market that basically say you're enough already. You already measure up. You're already great. Here's the thing. Mm -hmm. We're not talking about self-esteem. We're talking about genuinely in your spirit, in your soul, when you think about whether or not you are the sum of everything you've ever done. No, you're never going to measure up because the sum of what you've done, the sum of what I've done is really not good enough before a holy God. It will never earn us a place in his arms. So the only reason why we are in Christ in the shelter of his wings and we are never cast out and why he can say, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. Mm-hmm. You'll never be alone. That's not because you or I or anyone who's listening. It's not because we've been good enough, smart enough, pretty enough, religious enough, mm-hmm. organized enough, or a good mom, right? None of those things. And that should be the freeing thing that changes our entire lives. And it changed mine because it changed me from being somebody who strived. for grace to being somebody who strives in grace. Mm. When you strive and you Mm. give great effort out of what you already have, Mm -hmm. and that grace is the gift of God, Mm -hmm. your tank does not empty, right? Your reservoir is Mm -hmm. full. Mm -hmm. You have an abundance to, to serve out of, to love out of, to strive out of. Mm -hmm. But if you are striving for grace, because you're afraid that God won't welcome you, that nobody will like you, that you won't, your life won't matter, that you won't have a place, that you won't figure out what's wrong with you, quote, you know, if that's why you're striving, you'll never stop running. You'll keep running and running and running. Yeah. And so, or you'll quit, you know, that's what I heard heard today. Like I, I just can't ever measure yeah. up. I can't, right. I can't do right. this. Why do Those I keep the only two tripping? Responses. Oh, it's yeah. It's either or yes. And not which, both. And which is why, which is why God's word is really, really clear. Mm-hmm. So clear that he says it the way he says it. And that Paul says it in Ephesians two verses eight, and nine, right? Mm-hmm. You've been saved by grace through faith and it's not your own work. No. Don't boast about it. You did nothing to deserve it. And yet because of that grace, it follows up to say, you've been created for good works. Now you can go forth and and be lived to the potential that God created you for, Mm -hmm. but it has to come through the gift that he secures without your help. And so Mm -hmm. I think it's the the way that I equate um, and in, in my book, I I compare when shame writes your story, when grace writes Mm -hmm. your story, right? Just another way of saying it. But it's like, to me, the way that I've come to understand grace and even through reading and preparing and to just have this beautiful conversation with you, thank you so much, is that grace, the the outcome of grace or the affect, as we would say in this world, is ease, Mm. E-A-S-E. You know, it's when I'm striving, Mm -hmm. like you were saying, in the performative way or striving in my own ego and my own efforts. It's usually for my ego, you know, so that I can look better. So exhausting. It's like so exhausting. Yeah, it is. Right? Yes. There's no flow. It's force. Yeah. yeah. And so the grace that you're inviting us into in when strivings cease. And I love that it's plural 
I love that you have strivings. I don't know if that was a, even a, a toss up. Like, should we just do striving or strivings? I'm just like, yes, I'm so glad it says why strivings cease this gospel of self-improvement, you know, is that when you draw closer and closer to Christ and you, you, you begin to drink of that lavish love, he promises us. I mean, the affect, it just is ease. Mm-hmm. It's like what Jesus promises the yoke. Oh. His yoke is easy and his burden is light. And so this book is for everyone out there who feels like they're carrying the weight of the world on their shoulders. I know. Right. And I've I've had that most of my life, that pressure of yes. am I good enough? Is this going to be disappointing to anyone? Pressure, mm-hmm. pressure, pressure. Mm-hmm. And you know, there's a lot of tools that can help us quickly shed some of that for a minute. But I dare say, I don't think anything mm-hmm. is a lasting change no. until we, gen- we genuinely cast off the burden onto Jesus and let him carry it. And yeah. that's exactly what Jesus did mm-hmm. upon the cross. That's exactly what grace mm-hmm. is. It is. It's him giving us the easy yoke of mm-hmm. God's love and grace, you know? Yeah. How do you receive that every day? Is there something, is there a practice? Because we... We hear in Stronger Every Day, we know that these are spiritual disciplines and practices. You cannot Absolutely. just, oh, tomorrow I'm going to be, no I'm way. not going to strive anymore. It's all <laughs> over. I'm going to wave my magic wand today. Yeah. Nobody strives ever again in the wrong way. Yeah. No, Ruth, just give us maybe one of your simple practices. Yeah. Well, the two things that I do every single day, one is you might hear me say a lot that I have to preach to myself. <laughs> I really am shocked at how quickly Ruth Simons wakes up and forgets everything. Thank I mean, you. It I is. feel so much better. Oh my goodness. I mean, I wake up in the morning and I go, did I write a book on this topic? Because <laughs> I don't think I know anything. I just, I, well, I don't even remember. Thank you. And so we're all taking one, a collective exhale. So number one, I think, first of all, what you have to preach to yourself is not the sermon that somebody wrote on Instagram, even though I'm here to help. Like I really am. I, that's what <laughs> no, my goal are. is on Instagram is really to, to here to help. But if you don't go to the word of God, Mm -hmm. you're going to really struggle to know what to preach to yourself because the messages that you hear online shifts and changes all the time. So first of all, I would just say um, it may be first thing in the morning. It may be later in the afternoon, but I spend some time every single day um, responding to my anxieties with truth. So I look at what I'm actually anxious about and then I preach it to myself. A good Mm -hmm. example of that. I mean, shameless plug on my Bible study, truth build, but oh, it, it, no. plug I, away. Did, I did a Bible study with Lifeway called truth build and yes, walks through the book stunning. of Colossians. Um, but two examples, if you, I show you how to use all of Colossians, but Psalm 103, Psalm 42 are perfect examples. One says, why so downcast on my soul? Put your hope in God. That's him telling his own soul what to do. Um, Psalm 103 is um, bless the Lord. Oh, my soul telling your soul, bless the Lord, praise him. And forget, forget not his benefits. So how do we do that? We repeat his benefits. So mm-hmm. I don't know that I can get Ooh. to a day without rehearsing one of those things, repeating, mm-hmm. you know, forget not his benefits, repeat it to myself yeah. based on the word of God, not just like chanting some random mantra. No, like That's actually right. taking the word and saying, remember what he's done. Remember mm-hmm. how he's been faithful. Remember how you're not the sum of what you do. Remember right. that if you somehow sell three books and you don't exceed everybody's expectations, you're not the sum of your book sales. 
Right. Well, thank you, Ruth. I'm so happy to have that said to me today. Right. (laughs) I'm getting there. I'm getting there. At the end of the day, you have to take everything that worries you. And maybe I'm just being really honest here, but you have to, well, you can preach preach to yourself. Um, I am not how obedient my children are. I am not Mm. whether or not my house is perfectly clean today. Right. And so how you respond to those things shows you what you're putting, what you're worshiping what you're idolizing. Those distorted attachments. Yes. What you're making your whole sense of self-worth. And so you have to preach to yourself to say, no, no, no. My identity comes from the Lord. Yep. This is what God's word says about my identity in Christ. If you need help with that, Colossians and Ephesians are great with it. Mm -hmm. But then following the psalmist, repeat what he's done for you, what what he's already done, how he's already been faithful. Mm-hmm. Deuteronomy 6 even tells you, like, speak of what he's done to your children yes. when you rise, when you lay Tell down them. all the day long. So I'm just saying the combination of that is don't think it's a one and done. Start yes. learning to talk to yourself. That's a good thing. Oh, I love it. Healthy self-talk. Literally start yes. talking. Just talk to yourself. But the difference is <laughs> don't, self- don't self-talk. I know. Just some cliche I mantras. I got talk it. Talk to yourself with the word of God. That's Number true. two, I would just say, um, the best way for me to reset it's like a bucket of cold water over my head to stop striving is when I turn off my phone or leave it behind and go on a walk. Yes. When I yes. get outside, I'm suddenly my senses, it doesn't mm-hmm. matter if you're in the mm-hmm. downtown Detroit, like wherever you're you so are, right. you can get outside. And if you let yourself and you're not listening to a podcast, if you're not like responding to emails, if you're not taking a phone call, if you're not doing all that stuff and you just literally walk with the Lord, your senses will realize you did not create a bird. You did not cause the sun to rise. The winds of change have blown and caused the trees to turn yellow and the leaves are falling. You did not make that happen either. Got a little Job action going on here. That's right. The smell of cut grass in a field is this amazing smell that everybody knows. Well, you had nothing to do with that. It is like a bucket of cold water. I do it every single day. Because as you just said, I'm a creative. I paint, I write, I produce content all the time. Mm -hmm. It's pretty easy to be fascinated with myself. I just mean, I'm honest. It's really easy to look down at my work and be like, good job, self. You did a great job, Ruth. That is a beautiful filter you put on it. Like you could really just be a little bit overwhelmed at your own creativity. Fantastic. No, I love it so much because I can't even imagine. I'm not an artist, but there are days I go. You got to stop because you just look look down all the time, looking at your what you created. And then it's, and then you look to the left and right and compare yourself with other people you do. right down and left and right. That's all we do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm saying, look up, look up, yep. put look everything around. down and look up. Yep. Look, look in the right way. So right. what has God done? And that is mm-hmm. a very good realignment practice for me. That's perfect. It's the best way to just close out this worthy conversation. So great. It makes me sm- smile so well, mm-hmm. but on the other side of that, I love that God exemplified good pride and good self-assurance in the right way. When mm-hmm. every day when he was done creating, he stood back and he goes, wow, good job. Mm-hmm. Well done yeah. on that rainbow fish over there. <laughs> well done on those, those daisies in and my he yard. Gets to. Yes, he, does, he deserves you know? all the praise. So, you know, big part of our work is to have that, that's that worth that drives up and comes up from within us from the fact that we have done a good job. And you know, the reality mm-hmm. to that is when your identity, when you realign and yeah. real and, and Christ say, my identity and worth comes from Christ, then guess what? You get to stand in, in the fullness of yeah. being the Imago Dei, the image bearer. 
And then everything you say I'm proud of today, what I painted, what I've done, what I've written, meal, whatever you've created, the the laundry you put away and you're like, the house is back in order. Then you can say, I get to reflect a God of order. Mm -hmm. I get to reflect a God of creativity. I get to, with fullness, reflect a God of beauty. Yeah. I did fluff those pillows today. And it's, I, I did. reflected the God of beauty. Rabbit ears. And yeah. it's still not about you. No. No. You're not worshiping you. You're worshiping a holy God yes. who allowed you to ref- reflect even an ounce of his creativity. Yes. And that's that's how we can boast in the things that are worthy of. And that's Christ himself. It is. He is so worthy. And our footing in this community is Proverbs 31, 25. Mm-hmm. We are clothed in strength. Mm-hmm and dignity with nothing to fear because we can smile at our future. And you've made us smile today, Ruth. And I pray a million, million radiant smiles come back to you today from the trees and the earth and the wind and all of the beautiful (laughs) surroundings that you are going to see today. Thank you so much, everybody. Heartlifters, you must get Ruth's new book, When Striving Cease. I said, I already got mine. So we'll be reading, I'll be reading from it for sure in future podcasts, but we just want to thank you again. And we invite you back anytime. And we just thank you so much, Ruth. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. Thanks for listening today. It was great having you here. For even more great content and resources, please join the Stronger Everyday online community at JanelleRairdon.com. Always remember, you, my friend, have value, worth, and dignity.